a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back. Uh, yeah, it's the one-year anniversary of a number of things. Number one, when we learned that Utah jazz man Rudy Gobert, along with Donovan Mitchell, had tested positive for the coronavirus. Yeah, remember that Oklahoma game? That was wild. The same day, the same day, in fact, I, I remember uh, sitting in my living room. We've got these little uh, chairs. I'm sitting there underneath the reading lamp in the chair, and uh, I feel the cell phone buzz in my pocket. And if I'm honest, I try, I'm try. i not very good at it. And uh, if my wife's listening, she'll probably say I'm not good at it at all. But I do try to shy away from using the phone when I'm uh, when I'm at home with the baby, with my wife, and on this evening, you know, we had some friends over. So I was uh, you know, particularly uh, focused on uh, not checking my phone. Uh, I just, uh, anyway, trying to be polite. Some <laughs> social etiquette there. Uh, but as I was sitting there, my, my phone in my pocket is just buzzing like crazy. That was my impression of a cell phone buzz. How was it? I ultimately said, okay, listen, something's going on. I got I to gotta check this out. And I pulled the phone out. And they, what do I have? I've got that first off that there's this odd delay in the basketball game. Then the announcement comes that the game had been canceled. Then we learned that Gobert had tested positive. And then, same evening, you learn that Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks, while traveling in Australia, had come down with the coronavirus, tested positive. And at that, day, at that time, remember this, we knew nothing. We knew nothing about the coronavirus. In fact, I was combing through some of the archives and old notes of uh, the program just a a year ago, and it was uh, about this time that I had a conversation. This is the first time I ever interacted with Dr. Angela Dunn. It was a very special moment now, in retrospect, uh, as she has become such a hero here in the state of Utah. Uh, Dr. Angela Dunn and I had a conversation, and it was essentially, you know, me before I became an armchair epidemiologist like you, uh, say, asking very basic questions like, hey, so like the, there's the flu and then there's coronavirus. They're like the same-ish, right, Doc? And she, uh, you know, attempted to set me straight and uh, and told me that, no, actually, this, uh, this, this has potential to become a pretty big deal. But, you know, if you stay healthy and you don't travel to China, there's a good chance you're going to avoid it. Well, that didn't pan out to be the case. And uh, we have learned much, much more about this virus since then. And, well, we're at a stage of the game now where the, the light, the light that is at the end of the tunnel, it is starting to become visible. It's becoming visible. Uh, it's becoming visible uh, faster and faster every day. 
And uh, it's almost been weekly over the past little while that uh, Governor Spencer Cox, in conjunction with the Utah Department of Health, has expanded the pool of those eligible to receive the vaccine. And, you know, if the science proves to be true, and I'm confident that it will, that once, you know, we get enough of uh, America vaccinated, then look at that. We're back living normal lives. We're back getting together for weddings. We're back side by side at church and at basketball games and at concerts and at family reunions and at family birthday parties. Things that have been on hold for a year now. A lot of babies born this past year that haven't met some family that lives afar. That's the case in my home. Can't wait to fix that. And to get us there, uh, I really do believe that vaccines are a big part of that. And so to, to help, and th- th- this segment here, it's for everyone, but it's, uh, it's in particular for that pool of about 12% of Utahns that are hesitant to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. There are some hesitancies, and they're understandable, right? I, I don't share them. I, I'm not hesitant at all. As soon as the announcement comes from Governor Cox, which may be April 1, that uh, all adults are eligible to receive the vaccine, I'll, I'll, I'll go online. I'll find either a pharmacy or a health department or wherever the vaccine is being handed out, uh, and I will sign up and roll up my sleeve and receive it. And you know what? I don't care if it's Pfizer. I don't care if it's Moderna. I don't care if it's Johnson & Johnson. Uh, but, you know, if FDA says, yeah, that's safe and effective, uh, stick it in my arm. I'm ready. Some aren't. Some are hung up on some of the some of the myths. I, I call them myths. Uh, you may call them concerns. W- whatever the whatever the case, I want to uh, do all I can to present information that's available. And in so doing, uh, we, we've been in contact with, uh, and actually thanks to KSL News Radio's Mary Richards, who conducted a, a very lengthy and extensive interview with Dr. Josh Anderson. Uh, from Brigham Young University, who uh, you know very graciously went through myth by myth and uh, or concern by concern, and explained why uh, those concerns uh, are are number one unnecessary and number two why the myths uh, are in fact untrue. Here's one uh, a belief held by some that uh, people are getting COVID from the vaccines. Here's the response from Dr. Anderson. People mistake the symptoms that they feel after the vaccine for COVID-19, and I think that's kind of spread on social media and created this fear that you can get COVID-19 from the vaccine. But the way the vaccine is set up is that um, you're immunized just against a tiny part of the virus, not, not the whole virus. And so the vaccine cannot turn into the virus. And so it's just impossible to get COVID-19 from this vaccine. Okay, so you might get some symptoms and you have likely experienced them yourself. If, if you don't know someone who has, uh, that, that's turned out to be a real thing. Uh, most folks I have spoken to, and this is all anecdotal, not scientific polling or anything like that, and, and I don't speak to too many people, um, well, except for on the radio here, uh, they have experienced that, yeah, uh, the, the, the first and second dose, if you've got the two-dose series, uh, it, uh, it, it, it sometimes gets you upside the head. But go to sleep, you'll wake up the next morning, all will be well. That's one of the more uh, common experiences. All right. Uh, the, the myths, concerns continue. Uh, one question is, or one myth that is out there is people people who have had COVID are immune and don't need the vaccine. Uh, th- th- this one's important to, to, to understand. Dr. Anderson explains it this way. And so the current data are really 
pretty striking on this. And, and it suggests that you can get COVID-19 again. So people can be reinfected with COVID-19. And we're just beginning to understand the underlying mechanisms as to why. But it looks like immunity to COVID-19, for a lot of people at least, is probably not very long-lasting. We don't know. And so in, in this era of an abundance of caution, if you are in the pool, and listen, the, the governor, Governor Cox, has uh, he put forth this plea, and it's, a, it's an honor system, right? Uh, but the plea from the governor is, if you have, if you have had COVID, that you wait to schedule your vaccine appointment for 90 days. But the doctor here explains that, uh, you know, despite that, despite that request from the governor, getting the vaccine is still of great benefit to your health. Because, you know, while we estimate that the immunity sticks around for about 90 days, we don't know definitively. There are some scientific questions about this dang virus that do take and that will take a significant amount of time. No matter how much uh, money we throw at the research, no matter how many scientists are assigned to answering the question, sometimes the only, the only way we can get the answer is through time. This is one of them. All right. So, yes, if you had it, the vaccine can still be valuable to you. Uh, and according to the governor, uh, at least his request, let's wait 90 days until we get that. Uh, moving on, there is another m- myth out there that, uh, well, he just he addresses Dr. Anderson from Brigham Young University. Oh, shoot, I'm running out of time. Uh, I'll tell you what, when we come back, uh, the doctor addresses the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and, and its relative effectiveness to, uh, say, Pfizer and Moderna. He responds and explains that. I'll get that to you right after the break. Stick around. More ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. The coronavirus. One year later. In depth coverage on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Often in life, when you reach a one year anniversary, you say to yourself, oh my gosh, where has the time gone? The, the time just flies right by. Not so with this one year anniversary of the coronavirus. I'll tell you what, it's felt like about 10 years that we've been battling this stinking virus. Anyway. <sighs> I'm in a good mood today. Yeah. Uh, I've had some great conversations on the program thus far. Learned a lot about organ transplants. Also, listen, you've got to go back and listen to the conversation that we had to kick off this hour with KSL Television's Carol Makita. If you go to kslnewsradio.com, there you can download the KSL News Radio app. Uh, or you get it on your iPhone, your Android, wherever you download your apps. Download the KSL News Radio app. Why? Well, because on there, you can, of course, listen to uh, archived and past uh, segments of the program. And so after we wrap up today's show, you've got to go back. If you missed it, go back and listen to uh, just after 1 o'clock my conversation with Carol Makita. It has to do with that new Netflix documentary, uh, Murder Among the Mormons is what it's called, and it focuses on the, uh, the Mark Hoffman killings. And a, a, a terrible, heartbreaking, awful, tragic, evil story, uh, which is you know part of the history now here in Utah. But what this documentary does is it relies very heavily on archived news footage, which includes much of the expert reporting by Carol Makita herself. She and I uh, had a conversation the other day in the newsroom, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is fascinating stuff. 
uh, would you mind coming on the, the program, having this conversation on the air with me? And she did that just today after 1 o'clock, and uh, you can listen to that conversation yourself. Uh, pair that up with your viewing of that documentary. Anyway, um, yesterday, yesterday you and I spent some time uh, looking at, or maybe it was the day before last or so, uh, we were looking at some of the attitudes and apprehensions uh, by by folks who uh, are not quite ready to receive the vaccine. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm not talking anti-vaxxers, right? That's a, a whole different crowd of folks. Uh, but there are some individuals who are, and understandably so, after looking at the very rapid development of this vaccine, they have uh, you know certain hesitancies. The, the pool of Utahns, at least according to recent uh, polling and surveys administered by Scott Rasmussen, we know that uh, the, the number in the state of Utah is about 12%. 12% of the state of Utah is hesitant to receive the vaccine. The day before last, we talked about uh, a portion of that 12%, which turns out to be comprised by those who have uh, fears of needles. Yeah, sometimes the fear of needles, and this may be the case for you. There's a specific phobia name for it. I've forgotten it, but if you're afraid of needles, you probably know it. So afraid of needles that they will forego certain medical procedures that would be good for their overall health. They forego those procedures because they involve needles. Uh, Robin Garfield, a producer here at KSL News Radio, she has experienced uh, similar fears in her life. And when the circumstance arose that she needed uh, intravenous uh, treatment to uh, help her and her young ones, she overcame that. And she shared some tips with us here on the program. Another archived segment you can go back and listen to on the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. So that addresses the, the, the fear of needles. There is the another group, though, a larger group within that 12% that have probably been exposed to any one of many myths out there. And so it is that uh, I want to bring to you some uh, essentially myth-busting. I don't think I can say myth-busting because that's like a, a trademark thing, right? Those, uh, what is it, Adam Savage and his partner. Uh, so uh, myth, myth, not busting, myth-breaking. Uh, We're going <laughs> to bring to you an episode of Myth Breakers, all right? Uh, Brigham Young University just the other day uh, put out some information by uh, Josh Anderson, who is a a researcher there at Brigham Young University. Dr. Uh, Josh Anderson, he's an associate professor of biochemistry at Brigham Young uh, University. And he what he did was he walked through and for each and every one of the more popular or widespread myths, uh, he offered up a very. Uh, succinct and concise response to that. And so what I want to do for the next stretch of time here is walk through, I'll deliver the myth, uh, and then I have uh, to deliver the the response, the explanation by Dr. Josh Anderson as to why that myth uh, is is simply that, a myth. Uh, the first one uh, of, of a long list, so bear with me here as we get through these because they may be a concern that you have. Myth number one is that vaccines are filled with strange or dangerous ingredients. Some have said there's fetal tissue in the vaccines, and, and these ideas are just completely false. And, and we can point people to the ingredients that they've been published. There's no secrets about these vaccines. The FDA has published the ingredients. There's nothing nefarious or weird in the ingredients to these vaccines. They're very standard. 
you you heard him, Dr. Anderson, explain that there's nothing dangerous or weird in there. Uh, but what you also heard him mention is that you can go and Google around and find the exact ingredients. You can do so uh, for the Pfizer BioNTech version of the vaccine. You can do so for the Moderna version of the vaccine. And now you can do so with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And there are others in the pipeline. You know, before this is all said and done, we may end up with a fourth or even fifth version of the vaccine. You can go and look at all those that are in development right now and uh, and see exactly what comprises those uh, those vaccines. So the word from the expert is that, number one, they're safe. And number two, if you don't want to take his word for it, uh, you can Google your way to an answer uh, uh, online. Just make sure and be always cautious of your sources. Uh, here's a, a second myth I want to share with you. I'll share this one, then we'll take a break, and we'll jump back into the myths after the after the break. And this one is that people are dying at higher rates after getting the vaccine. If you look at the clinical trial data, and 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 you consider also that beyond the clinical trial, which included 700,000 people who were complete, so heavily scrutinized by clinicians and you know, FDA regulators, even beyond the clinical trial, 92 million people today have received the vaccine so far in the U.S. And and these are all, you know, all the vaccine recipients have been scrutinized and not a single death has been attributed to the vaccine. Dr. Anderson continues dispelling myths about the COVID-19 vaccine next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.